Is Lamar Jackson officially done with the Baltimore Ravens? We talk about the latest on Lamar's situation, talk about some news surrounding the Ravens, including on Calais Campbell, Anthony Levine, and more. We'll look at the AFC North and where the Ravens rank there. Look at some mock drafts and a lot more coming up next year on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another episode of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker, Ravens Wire. We're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much for being here with us today on this Wednesday midweek edition, making us your first listen each and every day here on Locked On Ravens. And you can subscribe for free, both in audio form, anywhere you get your podcast, in video form on YouTube. No money involved. F-R-E-E. That spells free. And you can subscribe, like this video on YouTube, follow along in audio form there. We're again, daily five days per week Ravens podcast. So if you want daily Ravens news, analysis, updates, we are here for you. The one-stop shop for Ravens football Monday through Friday. And if you have friends or family who are into the Ravens, need a place to get daily Ravens content, swing them over here. Swing them over here. I will put out the best Daily Ravens content here. I strive to, and I, I appreciate all the support here on the channel and for the show over the course of these last almost four years now, which is kind of crazy to think about. But here today, we're going to be talking about, guess what? Lamar Jackson. It's always Lamar Jackson. But before we talk about Lamar Jackson, today's episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing a football franchise, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, this is at ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost of their franchise using the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game. And so Lamar Jackson, more reports, more rumors came out yesterday. And this being... Lamar Jackson potentially being done with the Ravens and wanting out of Baltimore. So that's a big storyline. If true, we'll talk about the report, what it had to say, what it could mean if Lamar truly does want out of Baltimore and, and all the situational things surrounding it, both from Lamar's perspective and the Ravens perspective. But it's just stuff that we've, we've been talking about here for weeks and months and it feels like decades but we'll talk about that here in the first segment about Lamar potentially wanting out of Baltimore and if he's truly done with the Ravens at this point then in the second segment I do want to just talk generally about the Ravens we'll talk about Calais Campbell he's visiting an NFC team this week reportedly so we'll talk a bit about that the Ravens losing coaches left and right continuously here we'll talk about who they lost where they went and this coaching staff at the moment. Then on the final segment, we'll look at some mailbag questions. We'll talk about the AFC North, where the Ravens stand in that pecking order right now, based off of you know all the moves that those teams have made, and the Ravens really not making any moves. We'll get into some mock drafts if we have the time to here on the show. So let's talk about Lamar now and the report coming from Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, saying that pretty much Lamar is done with the Ravens. He wants to move on from the Ravens. So long story short, I'll read an excerpt from it. Quote, as one source explains it, the person has said that Jackson does not, not want a fully guaranteed contract. Some regard this as a possible exercise in semantics, with Jackson still wanting a very significant amount of fully guaranteed up to 200 million or more with one more non-guaranteed year on the back end. Another source said that the representative is telling other teams that Lamar is ready to move on from the Ravens. And obviously the Ravens would have the ability to match 
any offer sheet signed by the Ravens. So the whole premise of the report is that a representative that's not certified by the NFLPA has contacted multiple teams on behalf of Lamar Jackson. And there's been this, this whole talking point, this whole argument about the NFLPA, how much they are kind of inserting themselves into this situation, becoming a, a big factor in it. And it's not like, you know, the NFLPA has this chokehold on Lamar that, that has this like contract. They're bound to anything where Lamar can, can't do anything that he wants. You know, Lamar doesn't have an agent. He's getting advised by his team and obviously by the NFLPA as well. But a lot of people, when they saw the representative part of this, said, oh, it's St. Omni. And for those who aren't familiar with St. Omni, St. Omni is someone who has worked around some contracts here for some NFL players. Roquan Smith, you know, St. Omni and Roquan Smith worked together on a deal. Laramie Tunsil, who just got another highly paid deal. A lot of people were talking, St. Omni, St. Omni, St. Omni. So Lamar Jackson, if people are, are getting on that St. Omni chain, who knows if it is or not? Like, it could just be someone else. But wouldn't necessarily shock me if St. Omni and, and Ian Rappaport did go on the Pat McAfee show and said that St. Omni is a real person. It's not just some made up person. He did say that he has met St. Omni in person and that's all he'd say. So still very mysterious in that regard. But again, a lot of people fixated on the fact, not that it was a representative, not, you know, endorsed by the NFLPA, but that Lamar would potentially want out of Baltimore. Be, that he's done with the Ravens at this point. And the Lamar situation has been one that, I mean, we, we can all admit it. It's been very long. It's It's been going on for too long. It, it's some one way or another, there has to be some sort of solution. You know, there has to be some sort of resolution, whether that is he signs an extension, whether it is he leaves or he just plays on the franchise tag. The Ravens have their hands tied behind their back. I think both parties have handled it pretty poorly. I've said that. I've been on record saying that, you know, Lamar has been offered very, big deals and he hasn't taken them. That's just what it's been. And that's in his right. You know, it's completely within his right not to take those deals. The Ravens have, you know, they, they probably let this drag on way too long. I mean, I tweeted out, you know, society, if the Ravens signed Lamar to an extension after 2020 would have just, you know, would have been perfect, you know, no drama. They could have had that normal off season. It just doesn't feel like a normal off season. And it feels like with each day, the relationship continues to sour. And obviously I don't know if that's true hundred percent or not, but we see Lamar coming out and disputing Adam Schefter's reports. You know, the Ravens are saying, Eric DaCosta, how the Ravens and Lamar have a deal where they're not going to, you know, put any contract info out there. Then Lamar goes out there and tweets contract info. So I don't know what the deal is. I'm sure it's very frustrating for the Ravens. I'm sure it's very frustrating for Lamar. I'm, I'm certain it's frustrating for the people who, you know, after the fans and people who are covering the media or covering the Ravens from the media who are, you know, kind of it caught up in this whole thing every day. And there are no two parties caught up in it more than the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. That's just what it is. And until something happens here, it's just, it's a, it's a mess for both the Ravens and for Lamar. And if Lamar does want to leave, that has to be something that has to be put out there now. So the Ravens can get ahead of, well, they're already kind of behind the eight ball by a lot because they haven't done anything in free agency, but you got to get behind that eight ball and then figure out how you can kind of save this offseason because players are flying off the board, teams are improving, and the Ravens are sitting here with, you know, not a ton of cap space. They're probably going to have to clear more out. And if Lamar does want to leave, that would obviously skyrocket the quarterback position to the top of the needs list for the Ravens. And a pick from Atlanta or New England or something like that, they can use that on a quarterback or they can go the Tyler Huntley route. They can sign some mid-tier option, but it, it feels like 
this situation is, isn't going to end. And, and just for the record, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, has been known to, you know, put these twists on stories. I'm not doubting that he has sources. I'm not doubting that he's getting information. But he's been known throughout, you know, just Twitter circles and, and you know, media to put a twist on things. So in terms of Mike Florio being a reputable source, it can get a little iffy. So in terms of this report saying that this representative has been telling teams that Lamar wants to move on and he's ready to move on, maybe maybe it's true. Maybe that's something that is real. But to me, I, I'm, I'm looking at where he could land, right? Indianapolis and New England and Atlanta, maybe Houston or something along those lines, Detroit potentially, you know, those are the teams that are realistic, but the Ravens also seem very realistic. And look, if, if Lamar is ready to move on, something's, something will probably happen. You know, the Ravens obviously cannot force him to be there and force, well, I guess in a way, <laughs> in a couple ways they could, but that that's not something they've historically done. You know, I mean, to force Lamar to be there definitely wouldn't be within the best interest of their franchise because if Lamar refuses to play and holds out, you know, that that's just, it's a whole other situation. I still don't believe Lamar would actually hold out. But we've seen when Marquise Brown wanted out, he got traded. When Hayden Hurst wanted out, he got traded. When Orlando Brown Jr. wanted out, he got traded. There, there would have to be some resolution here. But if Lamar were to leave the Ravens, it's it's tough for Baltimore. You, you get the cap space back. You have an offseason again, but without a superstar franchise quarterback. If he stays, you have to clear the cap space. You have your franchise quarterback. But you know, how long is that going to take? I mean, if, if this goes into the draft, if this goes into OTAs and training camp, it could get really, really ugly. So that's why personally, I want a situation here that is resolved very, very soon, as soon as possible, to be completely honest with you. And then kind of going from there in terms of what the next steps are. But this is a report. Just It's like it's stuff stacking on top one after the other of, you know, Lamar wants fully guaranteed deal. Lamar doesn't. Lamar wants to stay. Lamar wants to leave. You know, it's just all these reports coming out all over the place. It's it's a it's a media frenzy out there where there are just so many different reports about everything. It's tiring. It's, it's exhausting for a lot of people that every day we got to come on here and talk about this and talk about that. When these, these other teams are just having normal offseason, signing guys, improving their roster, Ravens are pretty much the talking point of the NFL and have been, which really, you know, the, I know, I remember when the Ravens were so kind of under the radar, media wouldn't talk about them at all. And now here they are being talked about every single day by tens of millions of people being right under that microscope. So here it is. <laughs> here, here's the attention. And, you know, some good, some not so good here but if Lamar does end up wanting to leave the Ravens then something should happen there you know you you can't try to convince that's that's it you know it, it's unfortunate I prefer Lamar stays but if, if it has to be done it has to be done and that's just the situation it is and coming up in the second segment we're talking about Calais Campbell the Ravens coaching staff and a lot more here even some potential landing spots for Lamar still as we continue diving into that conversation still a lot to talk about here on Locked on Ravens but first this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And the tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports because new customers get a no sweat first, but up to $1,000 as bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. It's down on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. I think about it, everything from the money line to point scores and threes drains. And again, my bracket's done. That I, I picked Purdue. That's over with. The Nuggets 
play today, though. They play the Wizards the last game of their road trip, so I'll be looking at Nicole Jokic triple doubles as always. And so many more schools the best actually two by three, which is two three pointers scored in the first three minutes. Plus, family friends can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger pat with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get to know sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets. You go to fanduelcom slash on That's fanduelcom slash on to learn more. Make every moment more fanduel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We return here to our second segment of Locked on Ravens here on Wednesday. Kevin Ostreicher is still here with you. We talked about the Lamar situation, about the report that he is ready to move on and leave Baltimore, leave the Ravens. But let, let's take a break from Lamar for at least a little bit in this segment. Talk a bit about Calais Campbell, who is of reportedly Mike Garofolo putting out there that he is going to be visiting with the Atlanta Falcons this week. And I know that you know, so the Ravens obviously released him. He's free to do what he wants, but... Eric DaCosta in that statement they put out after the team released them, you know, definitely left it open to a potential reunion, but then Campbell texted Josina Anderson and that text didn't really feel like, a, Oh yeah, I'm definitely, I'm coming back. Definitely. I'm definitely open to it. It felt like Campbell would kind of close that chapter on Baltimore, which is super unfortunate. I mean, hopefully he does come back. There's still a chance until he signs somewhere, but I, I just feel like it's, it's a very big loss for them for, I mean, for for a couple of reasons, Campbell is someone who's been that defensive veteran leader for them, both on and off the field for the last couple of seasons. And he's someone who's still even entering his 16th season has been such a, a highly productive player. And I think him going to a team like Atlanta, a lot of people are making the jokes of like, well, you know, wants to win a Super Bowl. He's not going to get a Super Bowl over there in Atlanta. How fun, how crazy would it be if Lamar followed him over there and they, they teamed up again in Atlanta? That'd make him, you know, I think it'd make him a lot more of a contender than a Desmond Ritter. I mean, I agree that Atlanta's not the best place to go if you want to win a Super Bowl right now, at least, you know, not like a Kansas City or a Buffalo or a Cincinnati or even, even a Baltimore, Philadelphia, you know, San Francisco, some of those teams. But that, that's the situation. And with Campbell, let's just say Campbell does sign there and there's no, there's 0% possibility. The Ravens offensive line room looks like just Manabike and Brodrick Washington and Travis Jones. You have Brent Urban, Michael Pierce. It's, it's a fine room. I don't think it's a bad room, but I think you having Clay's Campbell in there, if you're Baltimore, just, it gives you so many options still really, really good in run defense. He can still provide you a pass rush and he's at 99 sacks right now. I mean, he's at, he's at 90 he's so close to a hundred. He needs one. And I would have liked to see that happen in Baltimore. And this is why I think the Ravens could, if Campbell leaves could be in the market in the draft for mid round defensive lineman, because it's not just, you know, Campbell, this is probably his last season. I'd be, I'd be pretty shocked if it wasn't, but other than that, you have Justin Matabike and Brodrick Washington on the final years of their contracts. You have Brent Urban, who was brought back on a one-year deal. Michael Pierce has said that he might retire after this contract, that he signed the three-year deal with the Ravens. This is, this is year two of that. So in a couple of years here, talking in a couple of years, this might be a drastically, drastically different room for the Ravens. So I think them being able to bring in young talent is important. But to have that veteran leader... I mean, again, the Ravens, they move on from Clayus Campbell. They move on from Chuck Clark. They lose Ben Powers. They lose Josh Oliver. They're a worse football team now than they were when free agency started, 100%. And that's because, again, they're one of two teams. Then I sign anybody. A lot of that has to do with the Lamar situation and just the fact that they haven't necessarily they, – they don't have the money to spend right now. They haven't reworked the contracts they need to at this point, and that's just what it is. So – Campbell was it's it's an unfortunate numbers game. I wish they maybe went the Kevin Zeitler route and reworked the deal, you know, pushed some money around. I thought that that could have been what they did. But Campbell ends up leaving. 
the Ravens. And well, for now, we'll see if he comes back. Hopefully he does. There's a chance, but we'll see at the end of the day there. And then the Ravens have been losing coaches. They've lost a lot of coaches. They obviously move on from Greg Roman. That was a decision they made, but they've lost some of their assistants to different college programs, different openings across the NFL. The Ravens lost Jason Brooks, who was one of their assistants of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jason Brooks, the son of the late Clarence Brooks, a legendary Ravens coach. And he goes to Pittsburgh, a division rival that happened late last week. And then Anthony Levine, Anthony Levine Sr., the obviously longtime Ravens standout on special teams, played for nine seasons with the Ravens, won a Super Bowl with the team. He ended up retiring last year, came on as an assistant coach and scout guy. And then he now leaves. He left for Tennessee to the Titans. So another rival, AFC rival, Levine goes to Tennessee and he's going to be an assistant special teams coach over there. So a couple more openings for the Ravens to fill. I think they've done a great job this coaching cycle, filling in these roles. You know, Willie Taggart being the new running backs coach. You have Greg Lewis coming in as the wide receivers guy because T Martin moves over to quarterback coach. I think Baltimore's done a good job this coaching cycle. And look, there's always going to be turnover with this situation. There's going to be roster turnover. There's going to be coaching turnover. That's just how it is in the NFL. No roster, no staff remains the same after a year that's in all sports you know it's very rare you get so much continuity and that's why i think a lot of people are still kind of surprised john harbaugh is still around right now even after not making the afc championship game since he won the super bowl back in the 2012 2013 season so we'll see the coaching staff how the ravens replace those two guys but again you want to keep these guys and if they have other opportunities, they have other opportunities. That's just what it is. The Ravens aren't going to block people, you know, or at least usually they're not. You can block as, as a team, but they're not going to necessarily do that. So Ravens, a couple more coaching openings. And then let, let's let's put a bow into Lamar Jackson situation for now. Scott Fitter, the Panthers GM, was asked about Lamar Jackson because obviously Carolina traded for that number one overall pick. And they, they were kind of lauded as a potential destination for Lamar before they did that. After it was, well, they gave up so much for the pick. It's, it's going to be a quarterback there, no doubt. They, they signed Andy Dalton. And Federer was asked about the possibility of, of pursuing Lamar and Lamar Jackson. Said he, Federer said he's a great option, but a great expensive option and admitted that the Panthers are more focused on the, the draft picks right now. And then that makes sense. So he's the first guy, you know, they're, they're the first team to really come out publicly and pretty much denounce interest in Jackson. And it makes sense. You know, this is a team that traded for the number one overall pick for a reason. They're going to make that selection. I think Carolina's done a lot of, I mean, imagine that offense. They've revamped that offense with Miles Sanders and Hayden Hurst and Adam Thielen. I, I think with Lamar there, they could make some noise. You could reunite them with Bradley Bozeman, but, you know, the Panthers are going to probably move forward with their pick and take one of the, the rookie quarterbacks and CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. So we'll see how that all works out. But coming up on our final segment, We'll look at a couple of mailbag questions and comments. We'll get into some mock drafts too if we have the time and more coming up next year on Locked On Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. And you've heard me talk about this mobile game app. And if you ever thought you'd make a good GM, you have to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every season aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory through trying to build a historic dynasty. And there are so many fun experiences in this game. I mean, you have to make all these decisions. They can be good. They could be bad. And they have consequences. They could have good and bad consequences depending on which path you choose there to your franchise. And even the fact that once it's downloaded, you don't even need Wi-Fi to play and at play. And so you can play with your friends 
or your family and play it today with Ultimate Football GM. You're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms. You navigate your franchise through fragency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of a season. All this in the challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is going to be free and playable offline. You can play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on Ravens listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise using the promo code Locked On and all caps in the game store. That's Locked On and all caps. Make sure to check it out today. Down the game, this is at ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football Gem, start your dynasty today. We return here. It's our final segment of Locked On Ravens here on Wednesday. Kevin Allstriker still here with you. Thank you again for tuning in with us today, making us your first listen here on Locked On Ravens. Be sure to subscribe for free, both audio form and in video form, five days a week, we're here for you. No money involved. You can come back as much as you want to here on the show. You can check out our previous episodes, talk about how the Ravens can save their offseason, talk about Lamar a lot more throughout the course of our shows here. Again, five days per week. Let's now get into some mailbag questions here, some some comments. And we have, let's start off with one from Mike Whiteley, who says, until we get a resolution with LJ, and he puts a, a gif of someone with their hands tied behind their back all tied up. And I mean, I, I agree with Mark. It's something I've said a lot where the Ravens don't have a lot of wiggle room, that $32.4 million cap hit. It's, it's not nothing. You know, it's 14.5% of the cap for the Ravens at this point, which is is not a small amount. Obviously, if you extend them more, you can make that first-year cap hit low. So, you know, not super, like not $1 million low, but maybe it's $10 million, maybe it's fifteen, maybe it's twenty. If you can do that, it gives you more wiggle room for maybe a potential trade for a DeAndre Hopkins and that market potentially heating up. Maybe you can make a move for a Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton. Maybe it gives you enough to bring in an Odell Beckham at the price that he wants. Maybe you can re-sign a Marcus Peters and bring in a Rocky Asin or something along those lines. It just, it would help immensely because the Ravens right now, they just, they don't have a lot to work with. I think Baltimore standing right around seven-ish, eight-ish million dollars in cap space. And they haven't even signed anyone yet. I mean, they've re-signed a couple of guys, obviously, but that's, you know, it's not not a lot. They haven't done a lot. And when you're talking about what these other teams have done, where the Ravens stand in the AFC, in the AFC North, I mean, we got another comment here from Ghost who says, can you say last in the division? And so when talking about, like, let's go through it a little bit. I've, I've done it before. The Steelers bring in Cole Holcomb and Patrick Peterson, and they, they do lose Cam Sutton, but also Devin Bush, although I don't think that's a massive loss for the Steelers based off how he played. But they're making moves. They bring in offensive line help as well. They've made some moves there. Then you look at Cincinnati, Orlando Brown Jr., and they bring in Nick Scott. You know, you lose a guy like Jesse Bates and Avon Bell and a Hayden Hurst. Definitely, that that hurts. But they're, they're making kind of moves that improve their team. I mean, the Orlando Brown, he's not like a top five left tackle in the league, but he's, I think he's top 12. You know, he's a top 12 tackle. That improves their offensive line. For sure. Then looking at Cleveland, Dalvin Tomlinson, Juan Thornhill, they, they're in the market for a wide receiver, apparently. Those are all teams that are making moves right now. I don't think Baltimore's last in the division. I mean, it well, look, it depends, right? I mean, we just don't know. We just don't know what is going on. If if the Ravens lose Lamar Jackson, if, if he leaves, if there's a trade and the Ravens, you know, they roll into the year with maybe a rookie or a Tyler Huntley, yeah, I, I put him at last in the division. You know, that's what I would do. I still think until Cleveland proves something, I'm going to have them above Cleveland. Pittsburgh, I think, you know, they're improving. 
I, I don't know if I'd put yeah, – I think it's pretty close between them. I'm not saying the Ravens are going to be second in the division by the time the season starts. I think Cincinnati, they, they've proven it. I'm giving Cincinnati the credit that they've earned and putting them at the top right now. But there are still avenues for the Ravens to have a better offseason. But right now the Ravens have had probably the worst offseason in the NFL at this point, while the other teams in the AFC North have each improved their roster. So I think for that – it's frustrating for a lot of people because it feels like the Ravens have a competitive roster, but that all hinges on Lamar Jackson and what comes next for him. So it's interesting to think about just where the Ravens were even just four weeks ago compared to where they are now. They're down Clay's Campbell. They're down Chuck Clark, as we talked about down Ben powers, down Josh Oliver, and still no outside for agents to, to show for it. So Hopefully they'll be able to save their offseason, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Let's get into a couple of mock drafts to round out the show here. We'll start off with one from Tyler G, who has the Ravens trading down. They trade the 22nd pick for Michael Pittman Jr., 35th pick in the 106th pick, and then he trades 35 for 49, 80, and 120. I will take that. I'm a big Michael Pittman Jr. guy, MPJ. And then you have Steve Avila, the TCU guard at 49, Garrett Williams, Syracuse corner at 80. Then you have Tank Dell, Houston Whiteout at 86. KJ Henry, Clemson Edge at 106. Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, TCU Corner at 120. Moro Jomo, Texas Defensive Lineman at 125. Yaya Diaby, Louisville Edge at 158. And Stenson Bennett, Georgia Quarterback at 199. And one Stenson Bennett draft a day is good for the heart. It's good for the soul for the Ravens here. But look, I would take a Michael Pittman Jr. Essentially, your first round pick is a Michael Pittman Jr. Michael Pittman Jr. is, is a player. He's a player. He's very, very good. And then you end up trading down again. So you get a second round pick in this situation. So Michael Pittman Jr., who essentially is the first, a second rounder in offensive line help. Garrett Williams, Tank Dell. I, I like this. You know, you get two corners and Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, technically two wide receivers and Pittman and Dell, plus depth along the edges. Two edge guys. Maybe I'd take one edge guy and take a running back, but I do like the, the thought process here. And I'd be, I'd be down with MPJ in Baltimore here from Tyler. Now let's get into one from James Lee Katz, who says, PFF liked this one better than I did. Glad you can see the Pittsburgh defensive linemen's at 22. Tanked out Houston wideout at 86. Travis Hodges, Thomas, and TCU corner at 125. Scoring Bennett, Maryland corner at 158. And Thomas and Coombe, the Central Michigan edge at 199. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going, you know, I talked about how the Ravens could be in the market for defensive line help with the state of their defensive line room. This adds up. Maybe the Ravens surprise a lot of people. People would not be happy, but I think they could take him. Cansey was a... Huge, huge combine standout. Tank Dell, Travis Hodges, Tomlinson on the smaller side. So you would hope in this situation the Ravens could bring in a free agent, big-bodied wideout, and maybe a re-sign a Marcus Peters type player, which Corey Bennett in there as well as your corner guys are adding. But I don't hate it. I, I don't hate it. I don't know who was on the board. You know, if, if there was a guy like uh, Joey Porter Jr. or Jackson Smith and Jigba or Quentin Johnston, some of those guys, but I think, you know, defensive line is a sneaky, sneaky need for them. And I, I define it as that because the Ravens, they have depth there, but we don't know what it's going to look like in a couple of years. So maybe they try to get a guy on a four, maybe five-year rookie contract here and a guy that really stood out during the combine. So it, it's interesting how the Ravens can kind of maneuver this draft, but it's also not great because until they get a solution with the Lamar situation, we're just, we're just not going to know. We can go on a draft night and we're not going to know what the, what the Ravens are going to do because – the quarterback vision could be such a need or the Ravens have first round picks to utilize. So we'll see, but lots of intrigue, I guess, coming up here for the Ravens. So that's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to get back here tomorrow. It's more Ravens talk from us. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And I'll see you right back here tomorrow.